Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay. Busy, busy day, hey? It has been a busy, busy like day. A busy, busy day. I also felt like I had a busy day because I had such a long commute in. Mm. So there was an issue on the central line, and I didn't get here until 11 o'clock-ish. Maybe even just uh, maybe quarter past 11, and I left the house at half past 8. That's crazy. It's crazy, isn't it? Well, you know, maybe in the near future we'd move. Maybe. Maybe it'll be easy to get here. Oh, that's a little peek behind the curtains. <laughs> that's something we're trying to do. Um, how was your weekend? I didn't get to ask you because we were jumped because you jumped straight into the Extreme <laughs> Rules review yesterday, well, quite rudely. I I saw bloody skyscraper, didn't I? You certainly did. Rock the Dwayne Johnson's latest movie, which is very tied to this podcast being that it's about wrestling mm. Mm, yes yeah there's a there's a loose thread there between the rock and a die hard place nice that's the second time luke's made that joke here everybody not on the podcast nope but i will be very happy about it. every time i get a chance to i'm going to use it yeah it's good it's uh it's absolute bollocks <laughs> but it's bloody brilliant yeah uh in the most in the most itv3 way possible Ooh, ITV3, you go yeah. down an even further level. Well, ITV2 is essentially a reality TV channel. And Hot Fuzz. You're not going to see. No, I think I, Hot no. Fuzz doesn't play on ITV2, yeah, does it? that's on ITV2 all the time. Oh, I think it's like yeah. every week. Well, it's this is going to be a movie in 20 years' time that everyone's going to figure, oh, did that happen? Did they make like a die-hard rip-off? I mean, I know The Rock's a really big, big star looking back retrospectively 20 years in the future... But uh, wow, he made he made all these movies, huh? Yeah, kind of like it's we, okay. Kind of like we would do with Schwarzenegger, where you kind of like go through his movie and you're like, oh yeah, Eraser. I forgot that was a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that on DVD with like a cardboard front cover. Do oh, you have that one? Yeah, the Warner Brothers ones, mm. where they were like the the crack case things. Like, yeah, we had to like yeah, they were really bad then. Yeah, but I, I don't know what they were thinking to be honest, because they released all of their DVDs in the same format. If it rains on the way home from Blue Water. That's Rubbish. that ruined. Absolutely. Uh, like we went shopping last week after my before the garden party that I went to, and Primark give you everything in a paper bag, which is good. It's good for the environment, but it was also persisting it down with rain outside, 
And I was like, if if one raindrop hits this thing, it's game over. It's gonna get, it's gonna split everywhere. Because you uh, what? Because you had to buy some smart clothes. I did because I was going to a uh, a good and a lovely lovely birthday party in a very very posh house, and the invite was sort of like you know dressed to impress. You know, it's not we're not looking for suits, not looking for DJs, you know, dinner jackets and all that sort of stuff. We're just looking for you to not wear shorts and Sonic the Hedgehog t-shirts. And I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely fair enough. You know, I can, I can certainly do that. So I looked at my, and because I'm all queer-eyed at the moment, I was like, do you know what? I don't think I've got anything here that I particularly like. Because I haven't got smart trousers that aren't my, sh- my suit trousers. So I went and bought a pair of chinos. Mm. Some grey chinos. Um, and it got to that point when my wife turned to me and said, like, okay, well, what size are you? And I was like... I don't know. Medium. I think it's this. It wasn't. It was a different one. And then we went to go look at shirts, and she was like, what neck size are you? And I went, oh, I don't know. So I try, I took in three different types. Do you put in the beard? Do you count the beard for the neck size? No, because that's all on my chin, mm. so that's fine. Um, but I took in three different shirt sizes. It was very much the first one I tried on, because um, that was lucky. Uh, so I don't have to bother with the other two. They could have been better fits. No, I tried on one of them. One of them was a large. It was really billowy around, like mm. the bingo wings. So I decided not to take that one. Fascinating. Um, and uh, yeah, and I bought three shirts, three new shirts, uh, a nice new bow tie, and um, some grey chinos. All in all, thirty-eight quid. You know, not too bad for a Primark. And then we went out for dinner, and I had a big old calzone. It was delicious. Calzone. Mm-hmm. I used to love calzones until I watched Parks and Rec. <laughs> And ever, I just look at it and think, who eats a calzone? Me, I yeah, yeah, I would as well. I do, I do. I must say though, I don't like that I can't see what's in there. Mm. Oh yeah, so yeah. That, that gets me. Good. Oh, one other thing about skyscraper. I forgot we were talking about it. I went to see it with a friend of mine who's a chartered surveyor, <laughs> so he knows a lot about buildings yeah. and what is physically possible with buildings. Uh-huh. And he he was laughing a lot. Oh, okay. Laugh one of those laugh. sort of people. It's one of those films where you... No, I was laughing too. If you weren't laughing in that movie, you're, well, no, no, you're not experiencing it in the right way. What I mean is they were laughing at things that only a chartered surveyor would understand. Yeah, probably. Yeah. probably. It's a bit like when we used to watch uh, medical dramas with my mother, who was a nurse, and she would just go like, it's not on my ward. Yeah, I get that. But I, do, I, I as a non-chartered surveyor understood that you can't have like a 20 story garden installation in the middle of your 220 story superstructure that is a superstructure that is a superstructure jr would flip in fall off his chair and break a rib because of that <laughs> oh too soon I, I, he's okay he's okay that's that's fine i think i'll apologize to him backstage afterwards um i uh i shot a short film uh, at a hospital that my mother was more or less in charge of because that was once her job before she became self-employed sort of doing the same thing I guess um, but <laughs> like we... the NHS itself <laughs> becoming privatised oh tell me about mm. it but um, she so we were doing this short film starring the woman who is now my wife uh, in a cameo role because she directed it I feel like I'm opening up a can of worms here because anytime I mention I made something and it is available to people <laughs> to find people end up finding it and sending me screenshots I found that when Laurie revealed his name on the news my Twitter feed was just people finding things of him on YouTube and screen capping and being like found you yeah it's found you and I was like this is creepy man but um, yeah so I feel like I've opened up a bit of a can of worms with that so she started in this so that is available it is available online. I haven't yes. seen that one. Have you not? I don't think so. No, it's really it's the thing I'm most proud of. She directed it as well, uh, the woman who became my wife. What did you do? Uh, I wrote it. Okay. 
Um, I have a cameo role in it, but only in the background of one shot. Um, I was boom mic. I was boom operator for the majority of it. But anyway, so she has a cameo towards the end of the movie as a nurse. And she comes in and she tells this detective that you can't be hanging around this. You know, you've got to go now. And my mum, who was on set, so because, you know, she was the person who sort of let us in and let us use this. <laughs> it's like she just sent me, it's like, she has her nose pierced and that would not fly on my awards. I would have, not only that she, had the, she has the top of her ear pierced, she was like, I would have sent her home. That would not fly <laughs> on my ward, nor for my son. <laughs> Aggressive look. <laughs> No, she absolutely loves that girl. Um, who is now my wife? Does uh, she and the the nose piercing's okay? Oh yeah, she yeah she thinks it's like my wife's gorgeous, and like my mum knows that, and she's just like, look how gorgeous this woman is. My lady partner had a nose piercing and a lip piercing. I'm not a fan of piercings. No, I just fine for anyone else. But uh, my lady partner had them when she was cool and edgy. I've, I've chipped away at them. <laughs> and, uh, and she had an operation on her face. She had a jaw broken. It Oof, was intense. That is intense. Yeah, it's like a braces thing. And um, she, she, is, she is like 30. She's not, she's not a teenager. <laughs> and uh, they had to remove all these things just in case for the surgery. They have never gone back in. <laughs> I'm actively encouraging her not to. <laughs> Right, before we dive into the news, would you like... I mean, we have to get one bit of correspondence in because Ollie is trying to keep me to a tight 10-minute opening. Because we can't do 40-minute intros and outros. Right, so... Uh, this We've got a whole show in the middle of this. <laughs> so this email is from Martin Harmon uh, with a Rusev Hey. Hi, Luke. Rusev Hey. Hi, Luke. Not Ollie. Thought I'd give an experience <laughs> when I, quote, met Drew McIntyre. Now, Ooh. I like this email. But there is a part of it when I read it, I was like, I don't believe you. Really? Let's but, see yeah. if it's the let's, let's, same bit. Let's see if it comes. So this is McIntyre, not Galloway. This is, yes. So I believe he was in Galloway because this was at ICW. Hmm. So two years ago, I was getting married. And for my stag do, my mates decided to go to see ICW in Birmingham. One of the marquee matches we were looking to was Grado versus Drew Galloway. Me and my mates were all dressed up like pro wrestlers. And I was dressed as Hulk Hogan, he writes in brackets, amid all the sex tape and racism scandal. <laughs> ICW is a rowdy show anyway. And me and 10 other mates all in costume, reasonably drunk, meant we were the rowdiest of the lot. During Grado versus Drew, Drew won by sneakily using a weapon on our favorite wrestler. Legredo, and we were not happy at all. As Drew and his comrades made their way up the ramp, me and my mates were at the barrier shouting some choice words at him. Something lines of F U and F U U F N C. Classy, I know. That's when Drew made eye contact with us, started mouthing back. Drew then proceeded to steal my friend Charlie's wig, who was dressed as NWO Macho Man Randy Savage, and threw it into the crowd. I was not happy about this at all. I had a lot of Dutch courage going on as Drew really seemed as tall as he seems. Or really is as tall as he seems. I'm six foot and I had to look up at him. Yet I continued to mouth off. That's when he took a step back and full on clotheslined me from the other side of the rail. Yes, former NXT and, and Intercontinental Champion Drew McIntyre clotheslined a 26 year old dressed as Hulk Hogan. I sort of saw it coming and threw myself back and took a full on bump to the venue floor. Sold it like a boss. Two of my mates, one dressed as a ref, another dressed like Sting ran off as they were legitimately scared. I'm not sure if the whole story makes me seem like a dick, but I have to say it's one of the greatest greatest experiences of my life, and if I had the chance to bump into Drew again, I would thank him for it. Sorry if this is a bit long. Feel free to edit if you wish, which I didn't. Thank you for all the good work you do, and I hope to meet you guys at a show someday soon. All the best, Martin. P.S. I've attached some images of our friends. So, oh, pictures or it didn't happen. So that is uh, man Martin there is yeah. Hulk Hogan. 
we've got another one dressed as Sting. And it's These like are some sexy poses. Absolutely. And he's like full uh, crow Sting as well. That's all of them there. There's oh. a dude love. There's a big boss man. And a bunch of lads. There's your Macho Man Randy Savage. There's a Shane O'Mac in a very low-rank costume <laughs> in the middle. CM- oh, that's. Ch- I thought it was meant to be CM Punk. In fact, actually, we've been able to pull off a CM Punk with that hairstyle and goatee. Um, and there is the Macho Man himself with the wig that got stolen. But no picture well, of the alleged incident. So this is it. I think that could have happened. Cl- Drew attacking a fan at ringside, a full-on clothesline and a ICW's big old hardcore. It is hardcore. Uh, yeah, like in the early days of progress, the, the wrestlers would get physical with fans. And they had a few plants, but nothing to the extent where you would have to take a back bump. Mm. But like, you can do, do a clothesline. To, and it not really it just give you a slight push or exposing the business yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah so yeah well to be honest maybe I've, I've changed my mind in mind I apologise if I uh, try to throw some shade at your story I uh, <laughs> <was that> you? <laughs> I've just dabbed I just dabbed in the direction oh, of Luke just did a hand motion I don't know what it was and then did a dab it was like uh, go away and then I did a dab <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know why. Because that was you throwing the shade. There was oh, a bit right, of that, I see, I there see. There was a bit of shade that I was throwing, I, throwing. and then I did. <laughs> so it seems like to Luke, Luke's more easily laughing than I thought. I can just do a dab and it makes him laugh. It's very funny. There was a moment, actually, when I was at my garden party where um, uh, one of the younger members of our sort of... Um, uh, our, you know, fraternity, so to speak, um, who's dating one of the people who's around our age, was teaching old people how to floss, mm. um, which I still don't fully understand. I've seen kids do it on tubes, like practicing it. I saw a kid in a Greg's uh, practicing it, and I'm just like, I don't know why you'd practice this. Why? Why would you? Well, you know, it's not. Maybe it's not practicing. Maybe it's people just doing the dance. <laughs> Maybe they just really enjoy doing it. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I see what we need to crack on with the rest of this show. So we're going to be kicking off with Ollie having, I'd say, a bit of an epic upset rant about Roman Reigns versus Bobby Lashley. Spoilers if you haven't watched Raw happening again next week. Well, after you know that Bobby Lashley defeated Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules, we're getting Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns again. This was decided. Uh, from two triple threat matches throughout the course of the night. And this time, it's actually going to be for the number one contender opportunity to go up against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. So this seemed to once be the plan for the Extreme Rules match. But rather than have it there, it's just going to be a week later. And so I'm, I'm just a bit dejected from all of this. I'm just tired now. Yeah, I, I got a text message from Ollie this morning because we go back and forth, peeling the curtain back a little bit. We sometimes go back and forth on what the title for Wrestle Ramble video should be. And you just texted me this morning saying, like, how do you feel about go away Roman Reigns push as the Wrestle Ramble title? And I was like, I mean, it seems a bit negative. And I don't want us to come across as too negative. We get accused sometimes. It's funny, like, we either get accused of being too critical of WWE or we do nothing but praise them. WWE fanboys yeah, that's, on the WWE payroll. That's it. So we're either one or the other. And I think on this bunch, we're sliding to the other direction of this, this negative WWE thing. And I thought, I was like, is that a bit negative? Is it a bit too negative? And you said to me where, just before we came into record, I was like, are you not angry about the Roman Reigns, Bobby Lashley thing? And I suddenly thought, I was like, no, I'm not angry. I'm just fed up, maybe. I'm just disappointed. I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, sort of, I was just sort of 
laid flat by the whole thing, really, and all like the wind was taken out of my sails. Because the opening segment, when you had all six of these lads come out, and like there was teasing like Bobby. Like, so Bobby Lashley comes out first, and then Drew comes out, and I'm like, yes, Drew. Then Seth comes out, I'm like, yes, Seth. And then I was like, each person, I was like, yes, this is great. Elias, I mean, you're losing, but I like you. Again, I'm, we've got time to fill, I guess, and we don't exactly have a main event scene on this show. We may as well try and push someone at the very least. You can't have singles matches anymore. We need <laughs> enough people to have multi-multi-person matches. Yeah, and Balor was the other one as well. I'm like, yes, Balor, finally, we're trying to elevate some of these guys out of this mid-card funk into some upper-card stuff. And what, you thought that when you saw Finn Balor smiling down to the ring? It made it a lo- Two years ago. <laughs> there, was a Her bit, there was a little bit different Irish accent. It's a little bit of me that was just like, oh, lovely, this feels like a fresh change of pace. And then Roman came out, and I was like, well, yeah, that was to be expected. And they set up these three triple threats, and I, saw, I looked at these Three, these two triple threat matches because I was got confused by the threes. Two triple threat matches. I was like, God, there's some intriguing prospects in here. Finn versus Brock, Seth versus Brock, Drew versus Brock, Bobby. I was like, this is gonna, this is really great. And then when you had the two lads win, and I was like, this was the most obvious choice and the least interesting choice you could have gone from this scenario. And it did leave me very deflated by the end of the show. That's it because overall, for all the people being like, stop. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy the show. Just enjoy what WWE give you. Don't ask questions that we should be given better. Mm. Uh, This food doesn't taste very nice, but I'll eat it anyway. Mm. Because it's on. Because it's on. And I used to eat it as a kid. Yeah, there's other food I could go and get, and this food used to be really nice. There's a really nice Japanese restaurant (laughs) down the road. Uh, But so for those people, I actually really enjoyed this episode of Raw. (laughs) So did I. I thought the two triple threats were really entertaining. Were excellent. I love the Ronda stuff. Yep. But then at the end of it, I'm just left with such a bitter taste in my mouth because it's like, what's the point? Why do these things if it's always going to go back to the same thing that you've been trying to shove down our throats for four or five years now? And... Fair enough, it's been that long a time. But in the last couple of months, it's just been over and over and over again. And just when you think they're finally going to do the thing that you don't want them to do anyway, they hold off on it, which is even more frustrating. So it's just like, I want Roman Reigns to just win, defeat Brock Lesnar, just to get it over with so we can move past this. But it's just been three, four months now of just going back to the same deflated well. Empty. So you think Roman's winning next week then? I... Yes, and but even if Roman doesn't win, that does not give everyone the right to come back to this video and say, oh, looks like you were wrong, Bobby Lashley won. Because that's not the only problem. The fact is, they wrestled the night before. Why was Baron Corbin not allowed into a three-way match here? Well, they ex- because he lost to Finn Balor. Why the hell was Roman Reigns allowed in this? Because he lost the previous night to Bobby Lashley. But he's the uncrowned universal champion. I don't care, Luke. (laughs) Oh, it's actually angering me. This isn't like playing up to the camera. The more I'm talking about it, the more pissed off I am at WWE. I'm sick of it now. You text me me this morning and I was like, you're going to be great value on today's show. You're going to be really good value. But, no, but I, I like Drew. I'm in, but I, I like Drew. I'm in like agreement. Seth. I'm in agreement with you, man. And that's what I was saying. Like I was looking at these triple threats, and I was like, "There's so many great, op- like, great avenues we could go down here." But it is going back to that well, and it's a well we went to in Extreme Rules. And I also happen to think that Roman is going to win next week because 
WWE often like to flatten out people. So because Bobby wanted extreme rules, it's almost like, well, Bobby was going to, we're going to give Roman the main event of SummerSlam. So Bobby has to win the pay-per-view before so we can do 50-50 and then no one really gets over. So I, I also think that Roman is winning next week because Bobby won at Extreme Rules. Yeah. So this is... Um... Anyway, so the show opens with Kurt Angle coming... I'll take over. The show, show opened with Kurt Angle coming down. And uh, he obviously laid down the, the ultimatum at Extreme Rules that if Brock Lesnar doesn't show up or agree to a pay-per-view match, he's going to strip him of the title. This crowd wanted to see him stripped of the title. They did not want to see Lesnar show up. They did not want to see him agree to a date. They just wanted the title off of him. Which is go home... Sorry, go, go home heat. He's go already away home, heat. He's already home, mate. Yeah, yeah. Stay at home. <laughs> Stay at home heat. Uh, and that's sort of... Yeah. That's negative. You, you know, you want people to boo heels, but not in the way where they don't want to see the heels get their ass kicked. Yes. Like you, you build up a baby face to kick the person's ass. You build up a heel to, to have their ass kicked. But no one wants to see that from Brock now. They just want him to go away. Yeah. Go away, Heat. I thought this had really worked at Extreme Rules. I thought that they'd actually managed to book him into a position where people were booing him because they just wanted to They wanted to see him lose the belt. But in going by this crowd tonight, no, they just, wanna, they just want the belt back, essentially. They just want this whole Brock Lesnar thing to stop. Yes, because we, we haven't seen him since April. That's a, that was a, you know, quite a long time ago. Quite a few pay-per-views have passed since then and with not a, neither hair nor sight of him. And so that uh, Kurt Angle's about to strip him of the belt. Well, I was I was going to say, by the way, Lesnar. That's you know partly responsible for it, sure. But it's WWE's fault ultimately, yes. and Vince McMahon for getting them in this situation and for not dropping the belt back at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. You've really damaged Brock Lesnar because at least he still had some aura about him after the AJ Styles match in Survivor Series. I know the Royal Rumble match wasn't that great, but at least you could have been done with it. But now you've spent four months of just slowly, systematically picking away at one of the most legitimate draws you've had in the last five years. Yep. Bear in mind that this is the company that when Brock Lesnar came back after his, you know, years away, after conquering UFC, the first thing they had him do was lose to John Cena. So it's not like the company doesn't have a track record of doing this sort of stuff. Anyway. These, these are all these are all old arguments, and to be honest, I'm sick of having them. No, absolutely, I'm, it's repetitive. It is repetitive. So Angle's about to strip him of the title, but Paul Heyman runs out with like a whoa, 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 and Angle was going to strip him again, and Paul Heyman says that Brock Lesnar is not here. But he will defend the title at SummerSlam. And that got no reaction. Because the only thing this crowd were going to react to was Paul Hain- uh, the, the Brock Lesnar has been stripped of the Universal Championship and we're going to hold a tournament or whatever they would have announced. Or Lesnar turns up. Or Lesnar turns up, absolutely. Uh, and this kind of then started a bit of a parade. It's, you know, the, the, the standard four uh, raw formula when you're going to do multi-person matches later on in the show. Person A comes out, person B comes out, person C comes out, and each one of them says X, Y, and Z by why I should be the Universal Champion. First it was Bobby Lashley, then it was Drew McIntyre, the one I popped the most for. He said it's time for phase two now. I know, I was about to say, and I was like, cool, because I love The Winter Soldier, it's my favourite MCU movie. Well, it's like, yes, I like the use of phases, I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but why would you come back to a company and go, okay, my phase one, Dolph's got to win the Intercontinental title. Why is that the first bit of this master plan? I don't know. Why not I'm going to win the Intercontinental <laughs> title? But it's by the by, because he's I'm going enjoying the, Drew a lot. He's going for the bigger belt, mate. Mm. Um, and then, who came out next? Seth Rollins then came out, then Balor came out. Elias. Elias came out, then Balor came out, and then Roman came out. And then Kurt Angle said, we're going to have two triple threat matches. It's going to be Roman, Drew, and Finn 
in the first match, and it's going to be Bobby, Seth, and Elias in the second, and the first one starts right now. Uh, and then we did, and we got this triple threat match, which I thought was pretty bloody terrific. Match of the show. Yeah. In fact, it was actually better than anything on Extreme Rules. I would certainly agree with that. Absolutely, I would 100% agree with I that. I really like the AJ-Rusev match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought this was more exciting and had more drama overall, because I never really bought into Rusev winning. And here, there was a bit of me that thought Drew might get it. I did the as well. The way he was dominating yeah. the entire match. And uh, yeah, the Seth Rollins Iron Man match from the previous night was just marred by... Uh, crowd chanting and a, an awful finish. I uh, I had a feeling that Roman was coming out the victor <coughs> of this though because he was getting no offense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and a they, few cool spots. The commentators were like in the early goings. The commentators were even pointing out like Roman's letting get out the starting blocks here. He's really taking a beating from mm-hmm. Drew and Finn. I was like, of course, Roman's winning then. Uh, I I really enjoyed Finn Balor in this match as well. I thought he had a really great firing up sequence where Drew McIntyre brought a chair in the ring and used it but then Finn Balor got it, took out Drew and then just started going to town on Roman, just like being this vessel for all of us and it, it, like, it really fired up and then he ran round, hit Drew and then out of nowhere Roman Reigns hits that great spear through the times timekeeper's area. It's great stuff. But uh, as much as I enjoyed Balor, I thought Drew was the standout and then it was Finn. I just, I don't, like, what's the, it's another thing, like, what's the point? How many times have we seen Finn Balor in these multi-man matches to get a chance to win that title again that he won two years ago now? It's it's at the point now where I'm sick of hearing that Finn Balor used to be the, the first Universal Champion. And, you know, why, why hasn't he had his rematch? It's not even funny to me anymore. Yeah. Give me some Kevin Owens pie throwing. <laughs> So, but Balor was, yeah, I, I thought he was really good in this match as well, and I, I really enjoyed Drew, but I agree with you, it's the case of, and I was thinking back to, do you remember the, um, the United States Championship tournament they did on SmackDown, where they did all of these sort of like prelim matches for it, and then just did all the finals in one show, and they just did like this whole... Earlier uh, this year. It was last year. Was the end of last year, when Dolph vacated the belt. My, yes, I think It culminated was- at Royal Rumble. It was this year. No, the one that they did one on SmackDown when Bobby won the belt, and anyway, it was Bobby and Drew, mm. uh, Bobby and uh, Jinder rather, and that yeah, was, when, was that was when Bobby won the US title for the first time. That was late last year. That wasn't this. I'm year. pretty sure it was January. Maybe maybe it didn't culminate at Royal Rumble, but Clash of Champions was where Dolph uh, vacated the belt. I think it was before that. I think it was like in November last year or so, because it was after Jinder had lost the uh, WWE Championship. I'm almost certain it was last year. But carry on. But carry on. But that was one of those ones where we kind of looked at it, like the brackets were very much telegraphed as to who the final two were going to be. And I remember you and I doing our review of that where we said, oh, it would have been more interesting if it was something like Xavier Woods, something like you weren't expecting. If your plan is to do Roman next week, then don't do Bobby Lashley. Do someone, do Seth. Yeah. Do a set. That would I, been, that's what I was, yeah. That would have been I so think. much more interesting. If your plan is Bobby, then don't do Roman. Do Finn. Do Drew. Do something that we haven't seen yet to try and create some intrigue in next week about who's going to be the the number one contender that's I think is where a lot of the issues with this lie is that it's Roman and Bobby which seems the the obvious choice and it's an obvious choice because we just saw it at Extreme Rules and that was essentially for the number one contendership but they then changed that to it's for quote bragging rights I don't know what bragging rights they really got because Bobby had to qualify again 
to become number. So actually, there was no bragging rights whatsoever. It's completely meaningless. And, yeah. and when WWE keep telling you that matches don't mean anything or results don't mean anything, why should you? Why should you care? Why should you tune in next week? Yes. But anyway, um, so then um, Roman won with a spear, and I sort of rolled my eyes. He did have a nasty gash above his forehead, and the crowd did not like that finish. There was. I, I thought this was a great match, and I didn't mind Roman winning. Because, you know, if that, that could set up a Seth Rollins final. Uh, but that wasn't to be the case. There was another really good spot in this. Coup de Gras from Finn's fiery up sequence on Reigns. I thought he had it won there. I know I just said that I never bought into Finn winning anymore. But uh, Drew pulls him off just before the three yeah. count. It was a really good near Good fall. timing. Um, so that, that was the first match. And then later on, there were a few interviews peppered throughout the show to build up to the other triple threat. <coughs> Seth, Excuse me. Had, Seth had a really good interview actually where he was talking about the possibility of like Roman's mm. my brother but I will go through him if it means getting the Universal Championship yeah and that's like storyline wise that's the one you know Seth is your most over performer in the company he main evented the, pre- the previous night's pay-per-view there's totally a legit reason why you could have that guy go against that guy or the guy and who I would prefer Seth, but you know that's a much more engaging story to tell over the next two weeks. But Bobby Lashley also had a promo building up to this, and when I saw it, I thought he's winning. And then, by extension, I almost thought he's beating Roman because everyone else just got the standard promo backstage with Renee Young, but Bobby Lashley got a. He's just talking to the camera in this like sort of industrial backstage area. And as we know from the previous week, Paul Heyman produced the Bobby Lashley Roman Reigns segment or was responsible for writing it because that's that's because Paul Heyman has his fingers in anything that Brock Lesnar does in WWE. And this felt like that kind of Paul Heyman vibe again. So if Paul Heyman... Oh, but I guess it's because Lashley could go and was going to take on Reigns again so that's why Paul Heyman would have produced this <coughs> so maybe Bobby Lashley wasn't going to go on to face Lesnar at SummerSlam whatever the deal is I, that Bobby Lashley promo how it was different to everything else made me think Bobby Lashley might be winning the main event here. I think this is just something that WWE are doing now which I quite like is they're changing up that sometimes people do cell phone promos sometimes they're interviewed backstage by a generic interviewer and sometimes they do a piece to camera thing I think it's just like so not everything feels the same they're just trying to change things up in interview mm. styles, which I'm fully behind. We also had another interview, which isn't strictly related to all this, but also is indirectly. Braun Strowman saying uh, that, you know, screw you, Kevin Owens. I nearly killed you last night. Who cares? Uh, I, I, I mean, it's a shame that I've almost forgotten about that amazing spot. Yeah, um, well, I was thinking this yesterday. Like, the whole point, because it was 20 years since The Undertaker, Mankind, Hell in a Cell, same town as well, I believe. That, um, But that is gonna, that's an iconic shot that WWE will use till the end of time. They might not use this much anymore because it's not seen as just, like, the best thing for, for worker safety. But that spot that Kevin Owens did will likely never be shown again. Mm-hmm. I think it's like um, when... Uh, one of the Singh brothers fell off the Punjabi prison like, and he did a big old crash through the table and we said at the time like, that will never be used in a video package and he took that massive bump for, for a spot that a lot of people will just forget by the end of next week yeah uh, but Braun Strowman talked about that but he also said the reason I didn't go down at the start of Raw to declare myself in these number one contender style matches is because I've got the briefcase and you know what that says to me 
I'm just going to have a month of meaningless feuds before I cash in on Roman when he beats Lesnar. Yeah, that was my thinking as well, yeah. is that Roman wins next week, he beats Lesnar at SummerSlam, and then Braun cashes in immediately because the crowd are not going to react particularly well to Roman winning, but they will react to Braun cashing in. And you know what that does? It means we get Braun uh, and Roman again. Yeah. More ambulance matches, I hope. At WrestleMania 35. Roman finally, conquers the he conquers the monster. You finally crown Roman Reigns As next the, April. Absolutely. Do you know what I really hope? I really hope Roman wins the Royal Rumble. Because that's how you're going to get him into the uh, that WrestleMania main event. His sixth in a row, I believe that'll be. So the main event for, of this show was Bobby Lashley beating Seth Rollins and Elias, as we've already said. And... It, it wasn't as good as the first triple threat that opened the show, but I still really enjoyed this, mm -hmm. uh, mostly down to Seth Rollins. But I thought Elias had a really good showing. There was a few bits there where he looked so badass, slamming Bobby Lashley into the ring post outside, running rounds from the momentum of... <coughs> Sorry, I've got a bit of a throat frog in my throat today. So choked up over the Roman I know. Uh, th from the momentum of throwing Bobby into the ring post, he kind of finds himself in the middle outside and Seth Rollins does his painted dive on him and Elias just goes no thanks pushes him to the side I thought it was awesome my favorite spot of this match was when um he got Seth buckle bombed Bobby Lashley oh. into the corner and before you've even seen that Lashley has hit the buckle he's already like leaped up and given Elias the superplex into the falcon arrow an incredible human being that man is yeah incredible he's so athlete. hot right now he really is it's almost like he should have won I liked how, so Elias had a, he started this match with the Elias concert and he just stares off into the distance for a while. He goes, sorry, I forgot where I was and then I remembered and then I got depressed <laughs> that I was here. Yeah. So that was some great Elias hometown heat. Also, his debut album is out next week. I can't wait. I'm going to be all over that on Spotify. Uh, but then Elias attacked Rollins right away. And I thought, you know what? WWE often forgets about who was feuding a month ago. Mm -hmm. So I appreciated that level of detail. Um, Heyman, Angle and Baron Corbin were all shown watching backstage. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a good match, but it was that Rollins' curb stomp on Elias was broken up by Bobby Lashley and then Lashley hits the spear on Elias for the win. And as fun as that was, as fun as the opener was, it's just like we're getting Reigns versus Lashley again. And by extension... Probably Reigns versus Brock at SummerSlam. Mm. Just, just how depressing is that? Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed. 
And it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. After that opening segment, though, where everyone came out to make their case for the number one contender shot, we had a segment backstage with Bailey and Kurt Angle, and Kurt says, "Oh, you know, if you can't get on with Sasha, because that's still a thing that's going on, we've dropped all those, what, counselling yeah, session the, the ther- storylines. The friends therapy sessions, which had a very bad first week, went nowhere on the second week, and was dropped this week. Yeah. And probably for the best. Probably for the best. And she sa- uh, Kurt says, if if you can't find a way to get on, one of you's going to get traded to SmackDown. And Bailey's just there like, oh, I'm unhappy about that. Why? I know, I've written it, that's probably the best thing for you. Yeah, because like, okay, Sasha goes to SmackDown. You're free of her. That's a good thing. Or Bailey goes to SmackDown. You're free of her as well. And you're on SmackDown, which is the better show. Exactly. I, I thought that was it was a really odd thing to be mm. like, oh man, one of us might get traded to the B show. What a terrible thing that would be. Like she should even be like, up to, or like like start to say something to Kurt, and Kurt will be like, not not gonna hear it or whatever. It's 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 a terrible storyline, the worst feud of the year, and they're somehow making it more lackluster amazing i was actually listening to uh, gorilla positions podcast um they did their extreme rules review and they made a point that i hadn't thought of that would have made those friendship therapy sessions so much better which would have been putting team hell no in them as well yeah. because they they had reunited the week previous and so you could have used that that'd be a reason for dr shelby to come back and it would have actually just added like it'd be like, well, if we're going to be a team, if we're going to go for the tag titles, we need to really get back onto the same page again. And you could have perhaps then had Bailey and Sasha as the straight people, not having to try and do comedy. That could have then played across the other three trying to do wacky stuff. I did pitch this. Did you? Yeah, I said it would be funny if Team Hell No are brought out by Doctor Shelby as as an example. As an example case. Did I say that? Did I say it was a good idea? Yeah, you oh. did. Oh well. I, I I was listening to Wrestle Ramble last week. That's more like it. <laughs> and Ollie Davis had this really good point. So uh, Bailey nonsense. Dolph Ziggler then comes out, and there's a nice little bit backstage where someone's shining his IC title for him. I had a sudden worry it was going to be a new lackey. Oh I, yeah. I had a, I was like, oh no, it's Mr. Bootiesworth or whatever he's called on SmackDown. Don't need don't Drew doesn't need a comedy lackey. Yeah, he's already he's already Drew's he's comedy got lackey. Drew, yeah. Uh, so he comes out and he cuts a promo that falls mostly flat. And that could be because the triple threat was so fun that the crowd got too into it. But I'm not sure I buy into that argument anymore because usually when you see fun stuff, you get more excited. And then, so it's probably more just 
the crowd just aren't into Dolph, really, because they've just been tired from him from so many years of ineffective booking. Yeah, I would also say as well that he's coming out being like, you know, I'm the Intercontinental Champion, I'm this, and I'm so awesome. And you're like, yeah, but the man you beat is now going for a better title than yours, mm. so it doesn't really make you look that prestigious or cool anymore. Yeah, again, it's not that sort of heat, all oh, you dastardly heel, it's... Uh, indifferent. Yeah. Indifferent. Indifference, yeah. Uh, Spe- and, uh, speaking of indifference. He also had a few lines which was just like, I don't even know if that's a joke. <clears throat> like, who's, who are you trying to work here? He said something about the click. Like, he name dropped the click. And I think that was his idea. This is really smart. But crickets from the audience. Yeah. It wasn't Dolph's best promo. Not everyone reads the internet. Um, yeah, and speaking of indifference, Bobby Roode came out and he challenged Dolph to an icy title match. And uh, Dolph essentially accepted and he brought a referee down. JoJo was about to announce that it's a icy title match. He was like, no, 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 I never said it was for the title. It's just a match. And that was it. And then they, they had a match. That was good. I yeah, liked that little I liked swerve. That, well. that was a nice heel spot. Yeah. Um, and they had... They certainly had a TV match. It went a decent amount of time. I've got nothing to say about this. <laughs> no, I mean, it's... My first note is, back from the break, and Ziggler has Rude in a sleeper. That's my first note I had in the match. Yeah, like, I didn't hate it. No. I didn't, like, love it. It was just, it was on the telly. Yeah. It was on It was on the telly for a bit. And I think some people were expecting us to be a little bit um, perturbed that Bobby Roode has kind of been used in this scenario. But I think this is more particularly with what happened later on in the show that this is leading to a, a Bobby heel turn. Um, because like Meltzer speculated on Wrestling up. Observer that the reason why Bobby has been losing a lot is because once you turn heel, all of that is then forgotten. So you can beat someone like a drum and then you turn them and they're the WWE mindset is you can beat them like a drum then all of a sudden actually they're fine because now they're turned heel and you'll just forget about all the other stuff mm. uh, And I because really... he was beaten clean here yes. by Ziggler the man who couldn't even who was pinned three times really who lost three times uh, before in, in a matter of seven minutes or yeah. whatever it was um, and uh, Rude here was like it wasn't even for the title so like Drew just beat him in a non-title match um, Dolph rather I should keep calling him Drew but then um, but yeah, then he was walking backstage and Mojo Rawley comes up and he's just like, aren't you supposed to be glorious? And he's just sort of like, <laughs> like, like a heel and he wanders off. And Bobby has this look on his face that's just like, man, I've become a catchphrase and I'm not the NXT champion anymore. I'm not in the position I was once in. Something has to change. It's that Owen Hart, enough is enough and it's time for a change. I certainly hope so. Yeah. Um, then we got that Bobby Lashley promo, which looked like, uh, to me, was was Heyman produced, or at least Heyman influenced. Then Mojo Rawley, who had just cut that amazing dig at Bobby, came out for a match against Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze getting the job at entrance. Of course, his tag team partner, Fandango, is out for six months. Just send Tyler to 205 Live. Man, yeah, he's getting, but he's getting the push right here on Raw. <laughs> Isn't it just? They do need enhancement talent, I guess. Problem is just that I think the majority of their undercard is enhancement mm. talent. Uh, and Mojo, I thought Mojo was really good here, though. He's got a real good intensity. Yeah. He's, he's. I've never like. I've always thought the Alabama Slam looks a little bit lame, but there's something about the way he does it that looks so vicious. I, f- I really feel like you get a lot of momentum of the bam back of the head slamming against the mat. I like that as a move now. And there was a really good bit when he was on the outside and he just hopped up onto the apron and hopped over the top rope. And to see a guy, because he he's a big guy, and I feel like, I don't know, sometimes I consider him as a bit shorter than he is, but you know, he's, a, he's an enormous man. 
and very impressive. I like Mojo Rawley, is what yeah. I'm saying. My only note would be that I, I just wish he'd use the pounce as a finisher as opposed to the Alabama Slam. Yeah, and I think the pounce just looks looks so much more impactful. Speaking of which, I think that Monty Brown's coming out of retirement. No. He is. He put up on Twitter today that he's um, looking for promoters to, to hire him for work. He's looking to come out. He's even said he's willing to work for free. Oh. Bless his heart. Uh, then we got the the next chapter of Bailey and Sasha Banks. They're forced to work together. They've got matching jackets. Well, they're best friends, mate. But the, when did they you ever know how, like, have You and I jackets? have matching jackets. Where no, we, we've we... got different jackets. <laughs> we wear outside of this place. But uh, yeah, they but did. They, but, but when did they? Was this something from the the comedy skits that they never I mean, showed? Scooby Doo. I don't even remember their jackets. To be honest, you made more of a note on this than I did. I just wrote they're walking backstage, mm. and then this is uh, they had a tag team match against. Yeah, it was the other thing is uh, Kurt Angle said that here on Raw we settle things in the ring. I was like, well, apart from the last two weeks when you sent them to, sent them through to therapy, and it's not. And even your a, top champion is nowhere near a ring, and it's not even like they're facing each other. They're a tag team once again. Facing up against the formidable foe of Dana Brooke and Alicia Fox. Foxy's first match since before the Royal Rumble, no less. It's a, this is her return to Raw. Yeah, when she, she she broke her tailbone because of all that heat she got backstage <laughs> by uh, being a bit drunk with Ronda Rousey's husband and getting in a fight. That was at WrestleMania. Though. Was that WrestleMania? Yeah, that was oh, WrestleMania my apologies. Weekend. Yeah, no, she injured herself um, practicing the Royal Rumble. Mm. Um, but she says this is Foxy's first match back. Uh, it's I'm probably good. for the best. She doesn't know how a Royal Rumble works. The amount of time <laughs> she's tried to pin people outside the ring. Bless her heart. I've, I'm really struggling to speak to that. I do apologise, viewers. Uh, but Bailey was essentially, like, she sort of dominated, and then the heels. But I think when Dana Brooke she wrestles, she is a heel, but when she's a Titus Worldwide, she's a babyface. I think that's how it works. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. But then they started beating her up outside, and then Sasha runs around, and she starts beating them up, but she's DQ'd for kicking too much ass, and... What the hell's that finish? I know, well, I, I, I've written... Well, that match certainly ended because it didn't really end. She just beat her. The referee called for the bell and she just stormed to the back. No music played. No announcement was made. And that was it. And like Bailey just sort of stared up forlornly. And poor old Dana Brooke and Alicia Fox. I mean, they, I think they got the win, which might be Dana Brooke's second win of the year after a house show victory over uh, Ruby Riots. It was so weird. And so weird. Just because like this happens so much in tag team matches where the heels would gang up on the baby face. And oh, here comes the baby face to save her partner or his partner by beating up the two heels. But the referee DQs her for it. So inconsistent, so banal, so like, who comes up with that finish and decides to go with it on a on a on a television show that's nationally broadcast? It's going to. Oh no, it's not going to Fox. It's staying on USA, isn't it? But anyway, so backstage, Sasha Banks is packing up all of her stuff, and Bailey runs up to her and she's like, "This why is d-? weird." She's like, "Why did you do that?" And Banks says that, "Hey, I can beat you up all I want, but I'll be damned if someone else does it." I was like, "Mate, it's wrestling." Like, what they were doing was wrestling. Like, you can't wrestle Bailey all the time. Other people have to wrestle her. I know WWE don't seem to think so, going by 2018. And then, but then Sasha says that, like, that she, like, Bailey means a lot to her. She cares deeply. She doesn't like to share her emotions. She's like, you know, she's closed off. She's got a heart of ice. And she loves Bailey. And that was her big line. She was like, I love you, Bailey. And then she walks off, and it cuts back to the commentators. Corey Graves' face is just like, this is well rubbish. <laughs> Look on his face was like, I mean, it's totally in character of Corey Graves, but he was just like, oh, I don't buy any of this. Yeah, sometimes, you know, method acting is your friend. <laughs> I just, 
I th- so when Banks said, I th- like, Banks's performance was good here, I thought. She delivered these lines well. But the, time, the ship has sailed. This this could have been an okay, pro- like, angle five months ago. This this is maybe, a... Maybe after the elimination chamber. Yeah. And when Banks said that, you know, I love you line, it just came across as so... Stra- it was played up like a moment in a romantic comedy where they then kiss afterwards. It did feel like a, like an I love you as in like I'm romantically in love with you as opposed to the way that I love you as, yeah. a, as a friend. Yeah. And you know what? I made a joke about this in the Raw review, that my separate video. And I thought like, is that the worst thing in the world? If WWE wants to do positive LGBT characters or LGBTQ or plus. LGBTQ2 plus WXYZ whatever alienating thing they want to group together as this week why not make bailey and banks girlfriends and you don't really make a big deal of it they're just two people who are going out you don't play it up like a a a camp gay person or a butch lesbian thing they're just two women in love which really works well in the current climate for like you know that that's and it ties in with their PR purposes and it would be quite an interesting story and it would give depth to their characters and I actually thought, you know, that could be one of the things that saves this storyline. Yeah. and, you don't, and They don't, would never do it. I was going to say, and don't do it like HLA was back in the day with Eric Bischoff when they were just they were so desperate for ratings they were like, wait, women making out on TV is going to get us ratings. Do it, like, take it seriously and actually make it part of their character, I think that would be quite nice. Yeah, baby face team. Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Yeah. Uh, Then we got that Braun Strowman interview. It wouldn't be the worst thing. What does it stand for? (laughs) Uh, Then we got the B team versus the Ascension. They beat the Ascension really quickly. Yep, they are a dominating tag team force. (sighs) It is really, um, like, it kind of exposes uh, their, their tag team roster when... So, like, the B team, like, come out for their match and they're facing off against the Ascension. And you're like, oh, yeah, they're a job of tag team. I suppose the B team were a job of tag team as well. And then later on, when uh, AOP killed Titus as well, I was like, I mean, they're a job of tag team as well. And the revival watching backstage, and I was like, that's a little while ago that you were a job of tag team. And it's like, without the Deleter of Worlds, you are just a load of job of tag teams. And even with the Deleters of Worlds, I'm like, you're just two singles guys who have been botched. Yeah, when they did that, so B team won, obviously, because they're the champs. Uh, they cut to, well, I shouldn't say obviously it cut to the screen and Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt were there and I'm like oh, I just can't take you two seriously mm. I do not buy into this act whatsoever yeah and that's when they said they're getting the rematch whenever next week in fact oh is it next week yeah um, the B team I said delete was so unover this mm. week the, the B team it's strange because I like acts to be booked strong if they're going to be champions and Fewer people have been booked stronger than the B team on the main roster. Well, they're undefeated. They're undefeated since their rebrand. They've been undefeated since May (laughs) when we watched them debut at the London shows. Yeah. That's two months now. They won the titles on the first time of asking. Why do they feel so unthreatening? I know. Well, it's because they were booked to be like, yeah, they're undefeated, but they're a joke. And they're undefeated through fluky measures. But now they're sort of winning, like convincingly so I, I, it's the Carmella thing all over again mm. I don't know whether Carmella's supposed to be a credible champion or not because, yeah, because so, sometimes she wins because she's great other times she wins because she cheats because in those singles matches with Curtis Axel or Bo Dallas they would win in 40 seconds through a fluke p- pin like you said slip, slip on a banana peel but then 
like in the last couple of weeks, they've been winning 10-minute-long matches with a fluke at the end. But it's not so much a fluke when you've out-wrestled or hang in, hung in there for 10 minutes. They beat the leaders as well as clean as a sheet and, on Sunday. Yeah, and Matt Hardy and Bray White just week after week in singles competition. So, And it's a shame because the B team as a comedy act is a bit one-dimensional and I grew tired of it quite some time ago. But the B team as a comedy act outside the ring... But badasses inside the ring, edging Christian. Like, how good would that be? Because they they've got comedy chops. Their like chemistry is quite good together. But there's no depth there. So it's a yeah, it's another missed opportunity. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, uh, where are we next? Something good. Something We've good. Got something good. This now. actually was terrific. So Alexa Bliss comes out to cut a promo. I think you you could probably close your eyes and imagine what this promo is. It was Alexa Bliss talking about how great she is as champion, how she's defeated, she conquered the bully Nia Jax, and she said her smartest muscle is her brain, and she's beaten every woman in the locker room. Crowd started chanting for Ronda, and she brilliantly was like, well, she doesn't count because she's suspended and isn't in the locker room. That was a great line. Great line. And then, all of a sudden... Ronda just shows up out of the crowd. She just like comes through the building, and you can hear this sort of murmur from the crowd when they realise that Ronda's there. They didn't make the camera never focused on her. You like as you're watching, you just saw the crowd just turn around and be like, "Oh my God, Ronda's here!" And out comes Ronda, looking like a total badass, and the crowd are going nuts for Ronda Rousey because she is an actual star on this show. And she storms down. She gets up on the stage. The heels try to run away, and she's like, "That's not happening." Chases them down. Mickey James gets into the ring. Ronda chases after a wicked judo slam. To lock the armbar on, but Alexa Bliss pulls her away, and the referees come out to try and break it up. Ronda's like, "F this." You- Usually, that would be the end of it, but nope, nope. not for Ronda. You done effed up, son. She pushes them out of the way. She chases up, dives over the referees to get to Alexa Bliss, drags her to the ring, goes to put her in the armbar, and then referees pull her out again. And Angle comes out, was like, "Whoa! Like your suspension ends on Wednesday. What are you doing? This is this could be disastrous. I might have to suspend you further." Crowd boos because they don't want to see Ronda suspended because she's awesome. And then uh, Baron. Calls Corbin comes out and he's like, this is disgusting, Angle. You should suspend her. And then Angle, in an odd move, because surely you should be reprimanding these people for sort of breaking you know, the rules of their suspension, gives her a title match at SummerSlam. Yeah, so it wasn't the most logically sound segment. <laughs> no. And uh, there was a bit of goofy comedy where Baron Corbin was like, "You won't, I'm going to tell Stephanie on you for booking that match. Because where's Stephanie my... doesn't watch the show live. Yeah. <laughs> Be- wh- where's my phone? Oh, you just wait till I get my phone. And Baron Corbin goes off backstage. And then Kurt's like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and he reveals that he had the phone. Looking for this? Yeah. And it was, it was a bit goofy. And I just laughed. goes to my theory that Kurt Angle's got a serious phone problem. <laughs> he's always on it backstage and now he's taking other people's. Well, do we know he, that's even his phone? Maybe he's just picking up other people's phones All and the reading time. their messages. What a weirdo. I know. Well, I guess when you're, uh, you know, with the whole illegitimate son thing, he's just become a, a paranoid maniac. He just wants to know who knows his other skeletons yeah. in the closets. Which could be a really good kayfabe incontinuity reason why he's such a poor general manager. <laughs> terrible decisions he makes but anyway but he has announced that uh, Ronda Rousey will be getting a match against Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam and it will be for the Raw Women's Championship 
Ronda Rousey barely... Well, she didn't say a word. That's the mate. way to use her. Absolutely. One of the biggest issues that WWE had with Roman Reigns is that when they stood him away from the Shield, they gave him a microphone and gave him long promos to do, which he was never comfortable doing. They tried to make him as John Cena, backfired, now everyone boos him. This is smart. Don't give her a lot of talking time, just make her look like a badass. It works. And it did take them a while to figure this out, though, because she yep. was getting the promo stuff between Rumble and Mania. But they worked it out quickly. They, they've cut the stride. Well... Three, four months. Yeah. Isn't but I, I really enjoyed the segment. I thought Ronda looked awesome. Ronda looked awesome. In, like, there was a moment where I was like, has she shaved the sides of her head into a Mohican? <laughs> yeah. Or a Mohawk. Is it Mohican or a Mohawk? I think you can go with both things. Yeah. And, no, she just, like, really coolly braided the hair on top of her head off the sides of her head. Mm. Ronda's awesome. Yeah. yeah if I almost wanted to embrace that 80s uh, post-apocalyptic like appearance a ma- like Mad Max yeah yeah I wanted to dye her hair purple as well in <laughs> the Thunderdome <laughs> yes yes with like skulls round their yeah. neck that's triple H's wet dream I think yeah. um, next we got uh, they announced that NXT War Games 2 is happening in November before Survivor Series so it is going to become an annual tradition for the brand it would seem which I'm a little bit sad about because I always feel like like last time they did war game it was because you had three three teams and you need to lock them inside a cage and do this. Now if you do it as a yearly tradition, it's like when they do Hell in the Cell. It's like, well, now we're just doing the match because unless unless it becomes NXT's version of a Royal Rumble or a King of the Ring, in which it's an annual kind of match that crowns a number one contender that I can get behind. Yeah, that would be the the way to do it. But yeah. Um, I, I feel the same about you, but have faith. I, I th- I'm glad you feel the same way about me. Yes. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't just gimmick it up all the time for no reason. You force yourself into these gimmicks. Uh, the authors of Pain then squashed Titus Worldwide. Not the smoothest match in the world. They were in a NXT TakeOver War Games match. I think that's why they announced it. Yeah, um, yeah this wasn't the smoothest match in the world, but AOP no. won. Uh, yeah, by pretty, pretty one-sidedly as well. And speaking of treading water... <laughs> Um, oh, it's it's awkward how we sometimes structure these rambles because we'll talk about the big talking points at the start and usually it ends okay but the the last thing we're going to talk about here is sarah logan beating ember moon oh yeah that is the last thing that happened wasn't it so backstage the riot squad were well, i mean the ruby riotless riot squad were walking backstage and they found no way jose sex party but then they just you know they walk past them because they're all rioters and stuff so you know when i said i want the backstage area of wwe to, to be like a living breathing, breathing universe yes, where yeah. people talk to each other and it's not just you only see people who you're feuding with take that all back <laughs> because if it's just no way jose congering about like an absolute idiot face this then i what, don't want that to happen this is in kayfabe this is what his life is it's just walking around a building never book for matches unless it's against mojo rawley just conga lining all over the place like if you're part of that sex party you must be like can we just stop for a bit i mean we've gone past catering five times and there's a potato salad there that i've got my eye on from from my experience of watching wild wild country a documentary on sex cults on netflix a lot of drugs (laughs) they are all just the poor things no way jose's like a sex trafficker they're all gonna eat the guy dressed up Uh, as bacon aren't they yeah it's just it's sad but yeah so speaking of treading water ember moon took on sarah logan she'd beat Liv morgan twice and now she should have said speaking of conga lines that go nowhere oh nice so good this is why you're the leader of this show that's why i'm the segue man exactly um yeah ember moon took on sarah logan 
I don't really have a lot of notes from this. Moon hit a great dive. I thought Logan looked awesome because I'm a big fan of Sarah Logan. She was the second best thing in the Riot Squad. And with Ruby Riot not there, she's now default the best thing in the Riot Squad. So thumbs up to Sarah Logan. She's either dating or married to one of War Raiders, I believe. Yeah, I think they're getting married soon. Yeah. So Definitely engaged. It was just, I just thought she looked really awesome in mm. this match. And Ember Moon's really awesome as well. It's just that I think it's a feud. I think they're feuding. It's not a storyline. It's you not. Can, yeah. You can't. You couldn't say this was a storyline. It's just happening. Uh, yeah. And then Logan pinned Moon off uh, the distraction. Uh, the only thing I would say about Sarah Logan is I don't know what a finisher is, mm-hmm. so it's hard to react to finishes. It's uh, the game. game. <laughs> I'd like it to see that. Cut that really interesting promo where she explained it. Don't you remember? Yeah. Do you remember when we were just talking about how it took a, you know a little while to work out that Ronda don't talk. Just don't give her the mic. Sarah Logan took a one promo to be like, don't give her that again. Don't don't let yeah, her talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like her to use that pop-up headbutt, though. I think that's a really wicked finisher. I uh, have completely turned a corner on Ember Moon. I love Ember Moon. It's and back in NXT, Back in NXT, I was like, I just don't get it. She's like, I, I like her wrestling. I enjoy the matches. But her as a character, I don't know what she is. And she hasn't got, like, the, the insane charisma that would draw me to someone with a confusing character. I don't know what's happened. Maybe it's because she does awesome dives. Maybe I've changed in myself. I think she's awesome now. I really like her. She had a really good bit. It wasn't even a wrestling move. She did something cool, and then she took one step, and she looked back with a little cheeky hair flick so the hard cam caught it. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I love you, Ember Moon. Glad you can come join us over here on the Ember Moon yeah. bandwagon, because I've, I've, I really like Ember Moon. And I, I thought this was a, a fun little TV match. So the problem is, now I'm invested in Ember Moon, I'm now more frustrated with the women's <laughs> division. So uh, swings and roundabouts. Uh, so overall, I gave this a two out of five rating, which I'm, you know, which is unfortunate because I did. I know we we crapped on a lot of the stuff in the middle there, but that's because the stuff we talked about at the start was half the show, over yeah, half the pretty show, pretty much, yeah. Um, and we enjoyed all of that up until the the Bobby Lashley victory. Yes, it's again, it's like treading water we used for to describe Ember Moon and Sarah Logan, but the Bobby Lashley Roman Reigns thing almost feels the same way. It's because two weeks removed from them doing it at, at Extreme Rules, we're just going to get to see them do it again at Raw. Only this time, it's not for bragging rights, I mm. guess. And that that was a bit of a, a crushing disappointment from the show. But I really did enjoy both of the triple threads. Yeah. I really enjoyed the opening segment because all of a sudden I was like, this could be a really interesting main event scene. It won't be, but this could be a really interesting main event scene. It was the addition of Drew in there for me. That's it. Like, if, it, yeah. if Drew wasn't there, I think we'd be like... Pull up par the course. But yeah, yeah. Just having Drew, it felt really different. Yeah. And Drew's so good. And... And there was other stuff on the show that I enjoyed as well. So I I don't know if I'd have gone poor, apart from the disappointment side of things. So I might have gone Avroge. Mm. But um, I, I did enjoy the show. Okay. It yeah, was, I enjoyed the fun. show. It's just it's depressing for what it sets up, and it doesn't yeah. make me excited next week. Yeah, which it makes is, me yeah. actively disinterested. And that's that's week. almost the biggest crime, really, is that it doesn't try. It doesn't want to make you tune in next week. Yeah. Have you calmed down now about the Roman Reigns thing? Is it still upset you? It is still upsetting. Uh, it's just, it's just rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> it's just, it's a, uh, rubbish. yeah, yeah. I, I wish it was better because I'm. All you need is to give. Like we're not asking for the second coming of Breaking Bad every Monday night. We just want it to make sense. We want to sometimes get good wrestling, great wrestling. We some, we we just want to have a story that's told logically and is relatively engaging 
with twists and turns. It's not that hard. Every other show seems to manage it. <laughs> well, would you like some correspondence to possibly cheer you up? Yes. So this is an email here from Lita Stanley. Greetings, guys. A lady. Well, that's actually one of the subject parts of this. Uh Greeting, guys. My name is Lita. Love the uh, consistent show. Nice. Well, she's written constant show, but I think she probably meant consistent. First of all, I can't... just constant. (laughs) God, that (laughs) show. That's what I mean. It's like, good Lord, this show is constant. Three episodes a week, steady on And that's not on a pay-per-view weekend. (laughs) Jesus, nine uninterrupted episodes. I've got no time for a constant barrage of idiots. First of all, I can't believe you only have a 5% of female listeners. I introduced my lady partner to your show on an eight-hour road trip about a year ago, and she is now an after-swafter, as wrestling, for the most part, is not for her. Fair, absolutely fair enough. My wife is one of those as well. Uh, I live in a small country town in Australia called Canadian. So, uh, shall we offer the Australian greeting? Uh, yeah, if you if you would like to. Good day, mate. Good day, mate. Good day, mate. Good day, mate. Australian. I heard about a town in Australia that's so hot they built it underground. What? what? It's like a mining town. It's like beneath the planet of the apes. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so uh, I live in a small country. At uh, first, I I live in a small country. Australia, but I was like, that's not massive. a small country. Bit massive. That's um, Wrestle Talk. Seem to. Uh, <clears throat> Wrestle Talk Get Better seemed like the best time to email you guys. I, have... I forgot we were doing that. Well, someone emailed around it the other day, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Uh, we haven't done it, though, so we haven't been to the gym this week. Mm. I have a linguistic disability, so sorry if the sentences and punctuation seem jarring. I finished my undergrad two years ago and have had trouble finding any universities that are flexible for me. However, not three hours to... Uh, three. No. I have a speaking. So yeah, yeah, yeah. However, not three hours ago, I got a call from a university a thousand kilometers offering me a position, which I grabbed without a second thought. So as of today, get this, I am an anthropology, sociology, film, media and cultural studies, traveling over, traveling over 30 hours a week to follow my dream of getting into getting an honors so one day I can write a PhD. Wow. Don't worry, there will be wrestling in there somewhere. Thanks for the consistent recordings and know while you're watching Raw and Smackdown a girl in Australia is travelling to university to get an education P.S. Luke and Ollie you sound like you know a bit about film and media so what would you recommend to read slash watch or listen besides the Flickr and Myth podcast and Lights Camera Game Over naturally <laughs> Talking Simpsons is a great recommendation so thanks for that well congratulations, congratulations on getting a place there congratulations Lita and I'd imagine as a wrestling fan called Lita I understand probably people have said something along the lines of you have the same name as a popular wrestler. Mm. I get it all the time because there's a wrestler on the main roster that has a similar last name that's a bit like mine. Uh, my my first bit of advice is move. <laughs> I'm really happy for you, but that's 30 hours a week. That's a long way to go. It's longer than my commute. I piss and yeah. moan about that all the time. I mean, I'm hoping that's a 15-hour journey there on a Monday and a 15-hour journey back on a Friday because otherwise... I mean, that's that's a lot of hours a day. Mm. 30 into... Well, it's a thousand kilometres away. That's six hours of travelling a day. Yeah. So, yes, that would be the first thing. Or, I mean, actually, if it's one in uninterrupted train, you've got plenty of reading time to swat up on all of those courses that you've bundled into one. Yeah. Or is it sociology, anthropology... Film and media studies. And culturalism. And culturalism. Yeah. 
That's impressive. Yeah, and you're absolutely impressive. mad congratulations to you as well. It is super, super duper impressive. And good luck on writing a PhD as well. Like, mm. I, that sounds like that's something that would be wicked to write. I mean, I know I've got a book no, on that, but like. It won't be. Uh, sorry to burst the bubble. Academia is very stuffy. And I, I was going to go into it at one point. That was always the way I was going to go. Do my master's, do a PhD. I really fell out of love with that whole politically just self-aggrandizing world. But congratulations to you. Yeah, sorry, yeah, congratulations to you. But you're 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 in the good part. You're in the bachelor's. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I would say for that I mean there's only one really, isn't there? Well, she's already said that. Uh, a text to mm. read for film studies and that is Andre Bazin's <laughs> What is Cinema? Oué, le cinema. Uh, I would certainly recommend David Hughes has got two excellent books um uh, the greatest sci-fi movies never made and tales from uh, tales from development hell both excellent books um big influence on me writing mine actually I would certainly recommend those um and from a video game side of things so that's why that falls under media slightly uh-huh. uh would be console wars by Blake J Harris um two excellent uh, some excellent books there I'd recommend so you've approached it there from the from the business and production side of things oh, I suppose, mine's from yeah. a theoretical standpoint yeah and so my, it, it depends which way you're going to go there. to be honest that's because that's where I, my mind tends to go because my mm. book's very much just about the business side of things as well as opposed to the theory but that's just as fascinating either yeah. pursuit's valid um so we've got an email here now he's spelt it out phonetically um evan el I'm going to... Ivaniel. Ivaniel. Hello, guys. I'm a pod swafter all the way from Orlando, Florida, over in the States. I just wanted to give you guys a quick shout. Quick shout out for keeping me up on my long overnight shift by keeping me entertained and making me feel somehow as if I'm part of the conversation. You guys have really opened me up to New Japan and allowed me to appreciate it as I used to be a WWE guy through and through, to the extent I rejected the program due to the Monday Night Invasion. I think he means like the... 2001 invasion i've since come to appreciate the amazing wrestling coming out of the program you guys have allowed me to turn wrestling fans that are tired of wwe booking as of late or people who have turned out after the attitude era back into wrestling just by having you guys on as i work anyway thanks for you guys for the great and consistent content i wish i had a rusev hey but i have only shaken hands with goldberg and others as they've left the arena also do people still hate luke or is that phase done keep up the excellent work evaniel um i think there is still a a portion that aren't, aren't fans but you know you can't please everyone no and uh we've also shaken goldberg's hand i've got my picture taken yeah don't want to don't want to you know piss on your chips but <laughs> we've <laughs> also done that yeah you're gonna goldberg. you're gonna uh piss away you just anyway ha- ha- yeah. hang out with him for a bit do you want to hear a uh, a really great rusev hey this might be our last one of rusev the episodes. hey hi luke and ollie i'm loving the rusev hey segment on the show and have one of my own to contribute so it's quite a long one but bear with us Back in 2005, I was still a massive wrestling fan before my drop-off in 07 to about 2010-11. So imagine my surprise when I spotted a poster whilst walking down my local high street proclaiming that the angelic Diablo Matt Hardy and the hardcore legend Mick Foley were coming to my small Scottish town. My friends and I immediately headed off to the box office of the Grand Hall in Kilmarnock and bought ringside and meet and greet tickets. Not only were we going to get to meet two legends, Matt Hardy was battling local hero Drew Galloway. Drew is from the nearby town in Eyre, about 15-20 minutes drive away. Cue a few months build up of trading tapes of Hardy Boys matches amongst my friends and excitingly building up to no blood, no sympathy. 
He's put in brackets here, geez, what a title. On the day itself, I put on my Hardy Boys t-shirt and cut holes in a pair of my sister's leggings that I put on my arms to look as hardy as possible. <laughs> I was 18 years of age. How embarrassing. My We've all been there. We've man. all been there, man. My <laughs> friends and I then eagerly queued up outside the venue and started talking to the others hanging out. One guy must have been in his late 30s took great pleasure in telling us that Matt Hardy had re-signed with WWE mm. and wouldn't be appearing. I binned my homemade arm thingies and was happy to find out from this guy who'd now been referred to as a smark that the company had booked TNA star AJ Styles to replace Hardy. Wow, we thought. Having seen his matches with Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels, this would do very much. So finally we got into the venue and spotted Mick Foley at his table ready to take pictures and sign autographs. AJ Styles' table was empty, but that didn't matter to me. We're sure he'd, we were sure he'd turn up soon. Plus, his match with Drew later on would be awesome. Meeting Mick was great and he couldn't have been nicer. He signed my white sock and shook my hand. Then we started to queue at the empty table, awaiting the appearance of AJ Styles. After what seemed like an eternity, he finally appeared. The special guest we'd all been waiting for. The man booked to replace Matt Hardy and face Drew Galloway, none other than the phenomenal Spike Dudley. Oh, no. Yes, the know-it-all had been wrong, and AJ was booked to replace Matt on most of his indie dates, not just in my hometown. Mm. Feeling somewhat short-changed, we were determined to make the most of it, but Spike clearly had other plans. The alcohol was seeping out of his pores, and he clearly had no idea where in the world he was. When we eventually made it to the front, Spike proceeded to point at my t-shirts, my Hardy Boys t-shirt, and tell me that F- Jeff Hardy was an effing douche before refusing to take a picture and then signing my ticket, Your Worst Nightmare, spelt N-I-T-M-A-R-E. Anyway, safe to say the match was a disaster and he was in my local newspaper the following week for being thrown out of the town's nightclub at 2am for fighting with some girl. So all's well that ends well, I guess. Sorry about the length, your buddy, Russell Abercrombie. That's extreme. <laughs> Thank what? you, Russell. Extreme being a nice word there. He was from ECW. Yeah. I, I, see, I think you did that on purpose. I did. <laughs> uh, I I would hazard to guess that was 2005. Um, he did say it was around that time, yes. Yeah, so Matt Hardy, of course, released from WWE, but then brought back it was around... for the feud with Edge. Exactly. Well, it was all the Edge stuff that he got him fired in the mm. in the first place, and that's when he started creating this angelic Diablo character that he was gonna. He like said he was gonna take it to TNA and mm. all, of all places, but he. Uh, didn't do so in the end and um, just went back to WWE so he could lose to Edge over and over again. Good choice, Matt, I think. But anyway, should we call it a day for this episode of the podcast? We will be back tomorrow, of course, with the SmackDown review, where we're going to have a rematch between Jeff Hardy and Shinsuke Nakamura, which one would presume will go longer than their Extreme Rules match did. Don't count out something happening from out of nowhere. Well, exactly. There is a viper lurking and he is looking to hit people in the nards. And I'm seem. not just happy to see you. <laughs> uh, but thank you all for listening. We will see you again tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.